Hello, we want to welcome you to the Heights Baptist Podcast. Here at Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. The purpose of our podcast is to help you take your next step of faith, no matter what that is. We would love to come alongside of you and encourage you in your theology, in how you intersect with culture and live out your daily Christian life. And so what we do on our podcast is sometimes take issues of theology or culture and show you how that those two things can intersect as you follow Jesus. And what we're doing currently is kind of a two-part series on things that we believe. Uh, Last time we discussed baptism, so love for you to go back and check that episode out. And this week we're talking about Lord's Supper. And so I'm joined with our co-host, Pastor Matt Hogan, our pastor of worship and media uh, here at Heights. And so uh, Matt, a fantastic discussion about baptism last time. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. I did so, too. Yeah, that was great. And so this time, Lord's Supper, and let's catch our, our viewers up if they didn't watch last episode, because this is important contextually and what we're going to go through about our backgrounds again. Uh, we want them to understand where we're coming from uh, as far as our, our backgrounds into this discussion on Lord's Supper. So walk us through your, your spiritual journey. Sure. Well, I grew up um, in Southern California when uh, Chuck Swindoll was still pastoring in Southern California. So I was actually grew up in the evangelical free denomination. Okay. What I usually tell people is it's, it's very Baptist-ish. Yeah. Very similar to things that we believe in the way that we practice in a, in a Southern Baptist church. Um, but when I was in college, uh, I was part of a Presbyterian church for uh, a period of time. And then uh, when I was first married, my wife and I joined a Christian Reformed church. Um, in uh, in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. Um, but then when I moved to Texas, uh, there was a period of time where I was serving on staff at a Methodist church um, before uh, God called us to heights. Um, okay. And so now I've kind of come full circle back right. to, a, to a Baptist and kind of Baptist-ish under, um, church. But, but I, there was a period of time where I was part of some of those other uh, we would call them mainline denominations. Right. So I had some experience in Presbyterian and Reformed and then a, a good chunk of experience um, as a Methodist. Okay, good. Yeah, and then I grew up Methodist uh, church, early 20s, uh, became Baptist over the issue of baptism and been a Southern Baptist, you know, now for... Uh, almost 20 some odd years, you know, and so why I wanted to do that is because as we talk about Lord's Supper, um, we are going to look at it biblically, but also kind of to let our viewers know we we've been on both aisles of the discussion, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been part of different churches that practiced it differently. Right. Yeah. Whether meaning or mode, you know, and so we're going to talk about that because some groups call it communion, right? Lord's Supper, Eucharist, Mass. (laughs) So even in the name, you don't agree. And there's different reasons why you call it different names as as well. Uh, But let's look at the meaning, and we call it Lord's Supper, uh, because I believe it is His Supper. Um, But let's look at the meaning. And and let's kind of start with the Catholics uh, side of things, uh, because Catholics and Protestants believe two different things when it comes to Lord's Supper. Uh, obviously, they're going to call it two different things also. But then in the Protestant group, like you said, Methodist and Evangelical Free and Baptist and Lutherans, we're going to kind of also deviate among ourselves on on reasons we think the meaning is different in some ways. But let, let's kind of move over just to the Catholic side. And and as we talk about that, we want to make sure our, our, our listeners understand we're, we're not bashing any group as Baptists. Like, we're, we're just trying to explain... At a high view level, what each group believes 
so we can further discussion along. You know, right, so yeah. I want to want to make sure we we put that disclaimer in. Uh, but Catholics believe a, something called transubstantiation. That's right. It's a big word. It's a big word. It's a fun word. You know, throw it around at dinner parties if you need to. You know, to show off your your biblical knowledge. You know, use it however you want to use it. Right. But transubstantiation. So something happens when they take mass to the elements, That's to right. the bread and the wine. So what's transubstantiation? Uh, transubstantiation is the doctrine, the belief that at the moment where the the church receives the elements, right. the, the 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 bread the bread and the bread and the juice, or the bread and the wine, um, that those elements become in a, in a in a miraculous spiritual way, they become the actual body and blood of Christ. Yeah, and that when you take part of those elements, um, that that Christ is sacrificed. A new, yeah, you know, and and, and it's very. I mean, I've had this conversation with my um, with my Catholic brother-in-law at many a Thanksgiving table. Yeah, um, they believe very when they believe that when Jesus is at the Last Supper and he says, "This is my body," right, that he means very literally, "This is, this my, body. is my body." Yeah, and yeah. that he's not saying that in, in a figurative or or a spiritual sense, but that right. he very literally is saying, miraculously, when you come to the table, yeah. and you do this in remembrance of me, this is literally becoming my body anew. Yeah. And that's that's so that's the big difference between the way Catholics would understand uh, communion or the Lord's Supper and the way Pro- most Protestants would understand. Right. So in the Gospels, Lord's Supper passages like Matthew 26, this is my body, this is my blood, you know, they're going to say, yes, that's the actual when the priest blesses the elements, that's when the the, the transformation happens. That's right. You know, so then at the conclusion of it, the priest prays again and it turns back to bread and, 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 and wine, you know, it doesn't always stay, but I mean, it's like, there's a, there's a, a, a flip. And what's interesting, there is a lady in my church, uh, in Pennsylvania who grew up in Poland and obviously Poland, very heavily Catholic. And she was, we were talking about it one day and she said, you know, the, the services were in Latin and we didn't understand Latin. <laughs> Yeah, but all our services were in Latin. She said when it came time to the Lord's Supper or, you know, taking mass, there would ring a bell. Yep. yep. And the ringing of the bell was the sign to signify to the crowd the elements changed. Right. And then at the end, they would ring the bell again to signify it changed back. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was fascinating, you know, because she was like, yeah, we didn't understand what the guy was saying. But the, the bell was was when it switched and switched back. They'll also kind of lean toward John 6, where in John 6, that's where Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, you know, says like, hey, it, it's, the, it's the passage where we're like, whoa, Jesus, where he's like, you know, you, you want to be a part of me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's that. And the Catholics go, see, there you go, transubstantiation, you know. And everybody in the crowd's like, ooh, you know. And, and we and, and everyone leaves except the disciples. Right, right. <laughs> and Jesus says, are you guys going to leave too? And they're like, who, who, where, who, where else are we going to go? Yeah, we're, we're following you, man, you know. But we don't take that passage as the literal, you know, eating of the 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 body and because where we're really where I would really push back and you said it it's the re-sacrificing of Christ right you know because the book of Hebrews is very clear once and for all once and for all he yeah. sat down at the right hand of the father signifying the high priest's work is done he's seated you know yeah. he's not re-sacrificing uh, every week that we we take this so so that's kind of the the catholic understanding transubstantiation martin luther 
in that Protestant Reformation, God, you know, he, he started really pushing back on a lot of things. And one of this was, you know, uh, the Mass and the, the Eucharist. And, and so then you, you kind of have this Protestant idea of things. And among Protestants, we don't all agree uh, because the, there's two main Protestant views. One we're going to call consubstantiation mm -hmm. and then one the memorial view. Right. You know, so you have transubstantiation. It becomes the body and blood of Jesus. Consubstantiation. What is, what's the consubstantiation? Consubstantiation is the idea that, that the, the elements themselves don't literally become the body and blood of Christ, right. but, but that Christ is present yeah. in or around or with the elements when you take them. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that that would be, they didn't use that term uh, when right. I was in the Methodist church, right. but, but, but they would say something that like, when we come to the table, we believe that God is present yeah. a, in the elements in a special way. Right. And that was sort of the way they articulated uh, that a similar understanding yeah. that this is not something that you enter into lightly, right. that this is a very serious thing that you do. Yeah. And I would say that we as we, Baptists, yeah. we believe we, that. We believe that We believe too. that also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we have a different understanding of, of what we're doing and why. Right, right. And so that's where the reformers, Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, they, is it, is Jesus present in the room? Is he with the elements? Is he in it? Is but he all around is it? Is he all around it? Yeah, they, they, they start arguing over prepositions. <laughs> right, right. Because they broke hard line with the Catholics saying, no, 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 this is not the actual body and blood. But we, we do recognize Jesus present somehow here. So how is he with us? And that's the consubstantiation part. So then Baptists come along <laughs> and we, you know, Baptists being Baptists, we're always over here on the other side of the room going, Hey, what about this? We hold the more of a memorial view. Yeah. We know? very much follow in the tradition of Zwingli, right. who was the, um, one of the, one of the Swiss reformers. Yeah. And we understand that like when we come to the table, we're not trying to partake of something that is God or God is around, but that, but that we're remembering, yeah. we're doing what God, we're doing what Christ has asked us to do in remembrance of him. Yeah. Right. Which again, the Matthew 26 passage in the gospels, you know, take eat, this is my body, which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. You know, I think there's, there's, there's a part, and I love the first Corinthians 11 part of the, of uh, the Lord's supper that Paul's breaking down because we also in the meaning we're remembering what Christ has done for us, death, burial, resurrection. But Paul talks to a proclamation that we're making. And I think we miss that, that we are proclaiming as a church when we do this, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You know? That's right. And so I, I, I do the memorial part when we do this, but I also go to that proclaiming part. You know? and, and so why is that important? Well, and I think that was something you touched on that when, we, when you preached right. 1 Corinthians um, several weeks ago yeah. when you covered that, that chapter. And one of the things that I don't think I'd ever really thought about before is Paul says, we proclaim the Lord's death until, until he, he comes. comes. Yeah. In other words, so not only are we proclaiming his life, death, burial, and resurrection, but we're proclaiming that he's going to come back he's coming, someday. Yeah, his second you know, coming. We're, yeah. we're, pro we're professing our allegiance to him. Right. We believe that King Jesus is ruling and reigning and that one day he's going to come back. Yeah. And that's a part of what we celebrate right. when we come to the Lord's table. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we haven't touched on this part of it is in, in the Protestant really line of things, Baptist, Methodist, Lutherans, you know, Episcopals, we don't believe this saves us. Correct. When we take it, you know, whether you 
believe Jesus is around the cup, you know, or a memorial view. We, we do, we break again from the Catholics in the sense of this does not save us. You know, this is not going to confer any salvation, wash away our sins, anything like that. And that's important to point out here um, because as we're taking this to remember what Christ has done, to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, um, let's talk about mode because that's where everybody is like, how do we do this? <laughs> uh, because there again, we're going to get into kind of different modes. And, and again, growing up, Methodist, Baptist, all that, we, you've been through some different modes of it, and I have too. So let's, let's kind of talk about how we've taken the Lord's Supper growing up in our, our lives. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, um, when I grew up, it was usually kind of the, the unleavened bread, okay. so kind of the soda cracker type, yep. type bread. Yep. And, and they would usually, they would pass the trays. Right. And there, there's two main ways that you can, that, that you can do Lord's Supper. You can pass the trays or you can pass the people. Yeah. Um, and, and I've seen both, mm -hmm. uh, both done. I've been part of churches that did both. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is really cool about when you pass the trays is then as a body, as a congregation, everyone takes it exactly the same time. Right. And there's this moment where you say, you know, take, eat and remember, believe that, you know, that Christ has died, died for your sins or, you know, you know, do this in remembrance of me. And then everybody puts that, you know, little cracker piece right. of bread in their mouth at the same time. To me, there was always something powerful about that. Yeah. There was always something kind of cool about that. Um, I've also seen it done where you did it kind of family style. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, something that we did periodically, like when I was a teenager in yeah. youth group, where we had like kind of smaller discipleship groups inside mm -hmm. our, our big youth group. Yeah. Um, and so it would be sort of these small little groups that would go and we would do what's called intinction, mm -hmm. which means instead of there being a cup and a piece of bread, you would tear off a little piece of bread from the loaf and you dip it in a little bowl that had the grape juice in it. And then that would be an opportunity for kind of these small discipleship groups yeah. with like a discipleship group leader that was an adult. And they would take those groups like kind of as small groups, kind of family style. Yeah. And I remember also like growing up taking it kind of as family units. There would be once or twice a year where they'd say, you know, hey, you know, moms and dads come get the elements for your kids and you guys take them together. Take them together. I always thought that was kind of cool too. Right. Um, but you know, just a couple of different ways that you, that, that, that you would do that. You can celebrate that one. It's, it's recognizing the unity and yeah. that we do it all together at the right. same time. Yeah. And then another way, you know, there's a unity because it's all from one loaf. Yeah. Yeah. And I, before I give you the background of, of me, I, I want to just reiterate what you just said. It's a local church thing. Yes in the sense of we're doing this together, you know, cause I, I had somebody come up to me the other, when we did it last, they were like, you know, you know, I'm only really doing this for me. You know, when I preach to that pastor, it's like, no, 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 this is something we are doing. Cause again, Paul's saying we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And so I, I love that local church body element of this is what we are doing together. So um, yeah, I've done it. Growing up in the Methodist church, we passed the trays with the little crackers and the cups, went to the intinction. So you have somebody hold the bread, tear it off. Somebody hold the cup, dip it. We, for a, a short period of time, did everybody drank from the same cup. So you tore the bread, put it in your mouth, and everybody took a swig from the cup, and then you wipe it and turn it and you know, did that? I don't think that one lasted very long. <laughs> you know, now in our world, we're like, oh gosh, <laughs> we used to do that. But yeah, I mean, I remember that as a kid. Then of course, Baptist, we've pretty much 
pass the cups, you know. And real quick, funny story. When we were, David was, I don't know, seven or eight. I mean, he was saved, baptized already. But we came and visited Sandra's parents here in, in Pearland when we were living in Pennsylvania and, and uh, went to their church. They go to the Methodist church. And so we did, you know, the line, everybody come down the line in intinction. And he was in front of me and I, I forgot to prep him. I mean, it was, it was, it was all on me, but you know, he tears the bread, pops it in his mouth and the lady holding the cup just is like looking around like what he did. Because oh, he, he, he didn't know to dip, you gotcha. know, he just popped the bread like we do. And then, and I just put my hand on his head. I was like, he's Baptist. I'm sorry. And just like <laughs> walked him on and I took the bread, dipped it in the juice, you know, so that, that was on me. I, I forgot to tell him, Hey man, you gotta, don't pop, don't eat the bread, dip it in the cup, then eat it, you know? Um, but now we're kind of in this period where we have the individual cups right. that we grab. We started you know, using those during COVID. During COVID, you yeah. know, and we, we don't pass the trays anymore because we, we've kind of talked about that among our leadership of the, of the hygiene of everybody putting their hand in the same bread plate, which, you know, let's just be honest, before COVID even, that's... That's borderline gross. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I know we're all hypersensitive to our germs now, but still, before that, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, I can see some issues with that also. But what about so? So we we've kind of gone different different ways, and how, how is there is there grace in those? Like, I mean, is there one way you have to do it? What do you what do you think of that? <sighs> Different churches kind of have different kind of rules and guardrails around right. this thing. I remember growing up as a kid, going on Mexico mission trips. Yeah. Uh, here's your soda. Here's your Doritos. <laughs> we're going to have Lord's Supper. Yeah. And that was totally cool. Right. When I was serving at the Methodist church, it was, oh, no, 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 no. Right. We're going to do Welch's grape juice and yeah. we're going to do King's Hawaiian bread. And that's it. <laughs> no soda pop, no Doritos. Like there was, that, I mean, and that that's part of, you know, that there's a there's kind of a certain reverence for the elements. It's right. kind of kind of a carryover from you know being more close. I would say closer to yeah. like a Catholic through Episcopal understanding right. than like Baptist would be. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's really important to be respectful of what your church's traditions are. Sure. But I would say what's important is that you're doing this as a part of your local church. Right. So if you're a person who um, if, if you're a person who is worshiping online yeah. and you're, you're yeah. watching Let's the live stream or if yep. you're, or if you're, you're catching the, the, the replay of the live stream later on, maybe you had to work on Sunday morning and you weren't able to, to tune in live. Right. Um, and your local church is doing, is, is doing, um, Lord's supper. Yeah. Um, what do you have in the house? Right. You know, and, and if, if it's, if it's sliced bread is all you've got, I think that's fine. Yeah. If literally soda crackers is what you've got, I think that's fine. Yeah. If Doritos is the only thing you have in the house, <laughs> I'm not going to judge you for that. Um, Go to the store if you can. I, I would say, yeah, I would say, and I would say if you're a person, if you're a person who, um, who worships regularly online because you're not able sure. to worship yeah. in yeah. person. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're immunocompromised, right. if there's certain, for whatever reason, you're not able to worship in person with your congregation, I would say put on your, on your grocery list, you know, just have in your cupboard, have your Welch's grape juice or have your, you know, little yeah. soda crackers or something, have your little kind of communion that yeah. you'll have at home. Right. You know, and, and then you're, so then when there's days when, you know, cause you, you don't always get a whole lot of heads up. I mean, cause like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll announce that like over email and we'll put right. it on social media and things like that. But you know, sometimes if you're, if you're not, you know, present, you're not looking at the slides, yeah. you know, before the, before the, um, right. before the service starts, you know, sometimes you, you know, Oh, Oh, they're taking yeah. Lord's supper today. You know? yeah. So I would say, yeah, be, be prepared for that. But right. I would say that if you're worshiping, um, if you're not able to worship in person, I would say, obviously 
worshiping in person is, is always best. Sure. You know, not just for the reason of Lord's Supper, for, but for all the other reasons. Right. You always want to worship in person if you can. Yeah. If you can't, then, then yeah, then have something in your pantry right. so that you can go and, and be a part of it. But I would say, again, do that. Do that with your family. Right. If your family's there with you, do that watching live so that you can be in the moment that all of us are, are, take, are taking Lord's Supper here at Heights. You're taking it at your house. Yeah, and I think the... The key part, too, is to remember the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. So to me, it's not so much as the King's Hawaiian bun, which would be awesome, um, or the little, you know, we use the individual cups, and I'm going to use the word bread very loosely to whatever that styrofoam (laughs) thing is, you know. It's like a little tiny rice cake. Right, (laughs) rice cake. I need to use that. I mean, but it's... It's not so much that, it's the heart. Right. And that's what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 11. You want to make sure your heart's right, right before you take this. Is there unrepentant sin in your life? You have something against somebody else. Like, I mean, are there issues between you and the Lord or you and somebody else before you take this? Like, you need to get that square before you, you take the Lord's Supper. I mean, Paul's very clear that you don't get that stuff square before you take it. You're eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. Right. And we don't advocate that at all here at Heights. We don't want you to eat and drink judgment, you know. And so I think sometimes we get a little caught up on is it intinction? Is it, you know, the Hawaiian roll? Does it have to be Welch's grape juice? I'm like, whoa, what's what's the heart? Why are we doing what we're doing? What's the what's the heart revealing? So I think for a lot of our folks online, shut-ins, things like that, yeah, grab what you got. Yeah. I mean, you know, get your heart right and, get, and just go grab what you got. The Lord understands because that. Because what matters is what's going what's on in, in here, the heart. not what you actually are physically right. putting in your mouth yeah. at the moment. So, so let's, let's talk about, because you brought up families in this, um, kids. How do we handle kids? Because September 4th is the next time we're going to do the Lord's Supper. Um, and then that actually is our family worship day. So the kids will be, uh, so in, the the kids will be in here. And I, I didn't kind of put two and two together in that, but it, the Lord's Supper fit in the passage I was doing. Um so, so how do we, cause you've got littles, how do we as parents help our kids understand if they're not ready, you know, you, you, you know, they, they get sad. They missed out on what everybody else was doing. So how do we approach that? I mean, I think you, you just start teaching them really early. Yeah. That this is something that, this is something that believers do. Right. You know, and I, I think parents, I mean, that might be hard, but, but it's really important for you to hold that line. Yeah. In the same way we talked last week about sort of when is the right time um, to do baptism, yep. you know, yep. and in the same way, you know, uh, Lord's Supper is for believers. Right. And so if your little ones haven't made a profession of faith yet, yeah. then this is an opportunity for them to, to sort of watch and learn, yep. you know, and when they say, well, why don't I get snack time? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's a, I've had more than one friend that had, you know, that's like playing on a worship team. Right. And the kid has a meltdown during the service yep. because they didn't get snack time. Right. Because when you're really little, all you know it's is hard. you didn't get your juice you and didn't your cracker. Get, you didn't get what everybody else got. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah. but that's your opportunity as parents to say, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. And this is what this means. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and wait until your kids, and I would say, that I would, I would have the same standards for my kids. Oh, I mean, the standards for my kids um, to, to allow to be participating in Lord's Supper is have they made a profession of faith? Sure. Are they old enough yeah. that for, for in their age-appropriate way, they've made a profession of faith and they're able to articulate the gospel? Right. I believe that this is who Jesus was. 
I believe that this is what Jesus did. He died. He rose on the third day. He yeah. died for my sin. Yeah. We talked, we talked last week mm -hmm. about sort of the, the importance of them being able to sort of personalize that Right. about how it's not just, he died for everybody's sin, but yeah. he died for my sin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think in, you can, when, when, when your kid is old enough to have done that, right. then you can bring them to the table. Yeah. And, and until yeah. then it, use it as a teaching opportunity. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's, really powerful about the Lord's Supper is it's an object lesson. Right. It's a tangible thing. Yep. It's a teaching tool that we can say, look, in the same way that we're pouring this, you know, this juice out of this, out of this, you know, pitcher into this cup, you know, Jesus' blood was poured out for us. Right. Jesus' body was broken for us. Yeah. It's a way for us to tell the story of the gospel. And so even though you may have to manage some, you know, little tiny temper tantrums. Like if you've got little ones in the service with you, we as parents, that's something we have to do. Like this is, use it as a teaching tool. This yep. is what this means. Yeah. Until you, they're old enough or they've made that profession for themselves. Yeah, because like we said with baptism, we want them to be saved and to articulate as best they can at the age appropriate level, what it means, you yep. know? And it is sharing the gospel with your kids. Yep when you do that. Like, think about that as a missionary. You are sharing the gospel as a kid, because I have a profound memory. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I know I was in elementary school. I know it was early elementary school, because we, we lived on the uh, house on Allendale Drive in Raleigh. And I can remember as a kid crying on the steps. We lived on a split level on the steps because I didn't get to take Lord's Supper that day, or we called it communion growing up. I didn't get to take it. And I can remember my mom several times sharing why, why I wasn't ready, what it meant, you know, and like that's, that's in me. Like that, that memory is etched in my, it burned in me, but that's, that's a foundation of faith moment where she was pouring the, the truth of God's word in me as a kid. You know, instead of just going, oh man, yeah, come on, let's, let, let's, let's help you not cry. Here's, here's the bread and juice, you know, like, no, she was like, Hey, I'm going to take a hard line stance and here's why, you know, and, and I'm grateful for that. Like that had an impact on me, hopefully in a positive way, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's important is for us to remember as parents, that is that teaching moment of we're teaching our kids the gospel in hopes they will be saved. Yeah. You know? Not just in hopes they'll take the Lord's Supper, but right. in hopes they'll be saved. So Yeah, I remember I remember when I was a kid, I remember my mom and dad doing a really good job of helping me understand that when we when we take communion or Lord's Supper, um, that this is serious business. Right. That that you're gonna do business with Jesus. Yeah. You, it is an opportunity for you to confess sin. Yeah. It is an opportunity for you to get right with the Lord. Right. Um and I, I remember that being something like this is not something that you enter into lightly. Yeah. You know, this is, this was a, this is a serious thing that we we're doing as a church and as a family. Yeah. And I, and I also remember there was, there was one time when, when I was in church back when Chuck Swindoll was, was our pastor when I was growing up. And I remember Chuck saying like, do not be ashamed or afraid to let that, let that tray pass by. Yep. And he gave as an example of a time when he was, you know, not right with the Lord right. for whatever reason. Yeah. He was a believer, but he yeah. was not, he was doing, I don't remember it, but he was doing something wrong. Right. And he said, you know what? I let the tray pass. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified about what mom and dad were going to say when we got home. And why <laughs> did you let the tray go past? And yeah. he said, you know, that's, I wasn't, that's good. I, I wasn't in the right frame right. of mind. Yeah. And, and, and to me that I had so much respect for 
a guy who was a you know a, a big well-known pastor right. author with a big church be willing to say look you know if you're not ready it's okay for you to yeah to skip this one to sit sure. this one out yeah no that's that's great advice so good so I, I, I want to thank you. Hopefully that helped you. I, I think that's a good discussion. These two, baptism, Lord's Supper, that's, that's fun topics to, to, to discuss because we want you to be able to know why you do what you do and not just fall into the tradition uh, and the kind of rote practice of Baptist. And so our desire and heart is really to help equip you uh, with those understanding better of why you do baptism and, and Lord's Supper. So we'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop a comment on the post or, or shoot us a message, we'd love to be able to interact with you. We'd also love to be able to see you in person. Uh, our worship services are Sunday morning at 1030. We have life groups before that service for all ages at 9 a.m. And then our worship service is at 1030 in person. You can also catch us online if you're out of our area or unable to attend in person. Catch us at the Heights YouTube page, Heights Facebook page as well. So until we see each other again, I hope you have a great week and God bless.